So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, and this episode is all about 1994, which the official title this time, we're falling into an actual uh, format, I guess you'd say. It's the fourth annual Universal Studios Florida Halloween Horror Nights, which I think is the exact same as our last one, which was the third annual, blah, yada, yada, of course. So anyway, before we get into that discussion, let me introduce myself. I am Matt, and joining me once again... As he does every episode, is my good friend, Quint. Hello. All right. So, fourth annual Universal Studios Florida Halloween Horror Nights. We certainly, I think, have a title now. We were discussing the past three episodes, how this has changed. This is the first time where it's been something that it was before, just the numbers changed. Yeah, and it seems like they've retroactively changed the title of the first few. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if you were to take that, yeah, you're right. If you were to take that... One and two were a name that will no longer... It's like the Voldemort of names. If I think that's right. I know nothing about Harry Potter and have no right to be making a Harry Potter reference, but I believe if I am to make a Harry Potter reference of the first two names, their actual names are the Voldemort and should never be spoken again and just be referred to as the first annual and second annual. Okay. I, uh, I just realized I am asking the wrong person. I, I was going <laughs> to say, what, what's a what's a Voldemort? Dort? It's the Ray Fiennes guy that points at me with his magic wand on the Gringotts ride. That's the most I know about him. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I figured if I related it back to a ride, we might be on the same page. Yeah. Well, all right. Harry Potter aside and to be never spoken of again. Thank you. Maybe Harry Potter's the Wilmer Valderrama or whatever her name is of the show. Now we just lost our third of our audience. Right? <laughs> no, all Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shit. But we gained a lot more because the the Google voice recognition will now list us under a Harry Potter podcast for the next week. True that. So, all right, back to Halloween Horror Nights. For 1994, it ran for, we're increasing days once again. This time it was, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days. 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. So that is the, not only are we at the most days now nine days we have the longest consecutive days now four being four we used to have three consecutive days supposedly i would guess it fell over the weekend before and now we are four days in a row so let me check real quick i'm curious why four days so let me pull up a 1994 october calendar this is 94 right yep so let's see. The 30th, uh, 31st. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense. Actually, 31st was a Monday. So they started the event that holiday, or uh, Halloween weekend, I should say, on Friday and just let it run to Halloween. That makes perfect sense now. Sure. You know what's fun about typing in like 1994 and then a month on Google when I look for a calendar? Oh, uh, no. Okay, well, it's not. It's actually it's better than it sounds. When I type in 1994 in October or do that for any year, I've learned doing this podcast. First result, image results I get are always the calendar. Second results I get are Playboy covers. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> safe search off. Yep. <laughs> I don't get what I need if safe search is on, like those calendars. <laughs> Frighteningly enough, that's probably true. Oh, that's interesting. OJ's other woman. Okay, sorry. I went down a weird rat hole there. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so back to the event. Uh, Runtime this year, which is 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., I believe. Let me, I should uh, 
Look at my notes here. 7 p.m. No, that's okay. So it's starting a half hour later than it ever has. It started at six before the first two years, 630 the third year. It's starting at seven now, but it's running another hour. So which makes sense because this year has some more stuff added to it. Gotcha. As well. And as far as emission price, we are seeing this trend as well, which we'll continue to see, I think, for the rest of the run of this show. Emission price is going up. This time, it's up to a whopping $36 for just the event itself. Yeah, and that's that's really a rapid progression. Yeah, yeah. Going from, what was it, twelve ninety five the first year? Yeah. To we're, we're already tripled. Yeah. Tripled that, you <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah, we're just a couple bucks shy of tripling that yeah that's exactly right 1295 the first year up to 36 which is you made this observation well before theme park price inflation does not reflect any kind of other inflation calculation oh God, no. at ever of anything theme park inflation only reflects hmm i wonder what they'll pay for this <laughs> yeah it's the uh called the ticket master system isn't it yeah Exactly, uh, but apart from that, I mean that is true. That the and it's probably actually worth it because I think that it's tripled in size here. But they're also making it worth going to the park as well that same day, or at least making it. How should I say that? That wasn't quite the phrase I'm looking for. They're making it more beneficial to go to the park that same day because you can get a extension to your day admission to go to Halloween Hard Nights for seventeen ninety five. So just shy of half that price. So they're starting to tie in an entire park visit day and night to this event. Right. So basically an entire experience. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, Now at this point, we're starting to get Florida resident tickets prices as well, which is something I'm really familiar with with all parks around here. And so that's also kind of interesting in that, that, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this when we get into the marketing of it, but it sounds like this is also like they're expanding this into they've got people coming from from not just locals now i'm sure they must at this point right because you know just based on having local ticket pricing and you know having the whole day park thing that all sounds like stuff they're going to be marketing to people who are not just locals yeah i see what you're saying right yeah the um the fact that they have a florida resident a ticket you're absolutely right yep yeah, they're probably capturing people that are already there. I know, man, I don't know if it's in this year. We'll get to it when I get down to the notes. I don't think it's this year yet, but soon, real soon here in the history of this event, they start marketing heavy to Georgia because mm. that could be a drivable event. Mm-hmm. If you left in the morning, you could get here by the time that starts and then stay overnight, of course, and then drive back. So, yeah, they will be starting to market heavily outside of Florida. So that Florida resident ticket is twenty six bucks. So that's that's ten dollars savings. And then there's also that's I'm sorry, that's for an advanced ticket. The day of the event, you still can get a discount of thirty one, so five bucks off. So yeah, okay. I think that just the fact that there's two tiers really does back up what you said. That the fact that they uh, are giving Florida residents a special price even the day of the event if you waited. Yeah, I think that really does actually back up exactly what you just said. Cool. Event guide cover. Now we finally ditched the pumpkin. Not that the pumpkin wasn't cool. I kind of did like the pumpkin with the chainsaw through it. But we're starting to get like, we're starting to get a year. Each year is going to have its own identity. We're not in the icon era yet. We're getting there. In fact, arguably the next year, 1995, might be called an icon era, although it's not officially a universal Halloween Horror Nights icon. But we're we're starting to get there. And this cover this year is the famous arch we've all seen it you walk in to get in the universal studios the the arches that say universal studios at the top and in this particular cover there's a kind of a fiery red cloudy sky behind it and the clouds if you want to call them that form a it's kind of a screaming skull with some pretty detailed eyes staring right at you in the main arch of universal studios pretty cool pretty cool for yeah. halloween I think they coined it a demonic face. Demonic face. Yeah, I'll call. It. I'll go with that. I'm that just looking right. Looking through some of the the propaganda right now, and it looks like it's a, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen that in full size. <laughs> that would be cool. That is something they could. That is, they actually kind of do things like that now on their attractions, where they have kind of a mist or a steam or even water. 
they could have certainly done a kind of a steam or fog in that arch and project that on there now. That's yeah. something they could totally do right now. And we may see something in 25 with Jack. Who knows? Uh, yeah. 25. <laughs> I am so looking forward to 25. Yeah. The more I, the more I talk about it, the more we'll get into that. Actually, I have some notes at the, at the end here. I don't want to steep. We are going to be talking a lot about 25 in this series. So I'll get to that. Houses. Now I did. I theorized uh, without looking ahead of my notes that we were going to be holding at three houses for a while. I was wrong because we do have an addition this house, so we might be holding at four houses after this. I could be wrong again. We might go up next year, but there's definitely four houses this year. We got four houses. One called the Boneyard. Next is called Hell's Kitchen. Uh, next was a not a what do you call it? A, a return? Not well. Yeah, returning from last year, the Psychopath Maze, we had that in 1993, have it again this year, and a real return, as in one that has not been around for a year, that was not here in 1993, the Dungeon of Terror is back again, uh-huh. after leaving for one year. Yeah. So, four houses. So, six hours, four houses, that's, uh, I can see why that extra hour is probably put in there at this point now. Yep. Uh, we got some shows. And I have some details on them, some not, but we will... Uh, well, here's the shows first before I even get into that. The shows this year, The Devil and His Showgirls, which I, that's one of those shows that I don't even need to know what it is. I'm going to go see it. Exactly. <laughs> Next is The Price is Fright, Return of Robosaurus again, which I think is the third year in a row now. This is the third year, yep. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. And Bill and Ted are back again, but they twisted the name a little bit. Instead of it being Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, it's called Bill and Ted Meet Time Cop. Oh, God. Was Time Cop that long ago, too? Yeah, I know, right? Huh. Yeah, there's always one in here that makes us go, God damn it, we're old. I just, yeah, Time Cop (laughs) is, I I remember it being a long time ago, just I didn't remember it being that long ago. And that was a, the first one was a Van Damme movie, was it not? Yes, there is. Yeah. There's a picture. Yeah, it's ni- Yep, it was 1994. I know there's a couple straight to video sequels, but uh, yep, 1994. That's the year. Wow, they actually did sequels to that thing. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think you. I don't know if he was in any of them. Hmm. Not that this is a time copping character episode or anything. No, um, but it it does remind me. You guys were talking about uh, on uh, Grady's. You were you had one of your top ten or top fives was um, people playing more than one character, right? And the do you remember the Van Dam one where he oh. played, <laughs> he played his brother? I remember it's Double Impact, wasn't it? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I, I, and I'm like, oh my god, you missed like the best one ever. Yeah, well, and I say best with like quotes around that fucker. Yep. So, yeah i worked at the theater then i'm looking at a double impact and there's a there's a poster i certainly remember this yeah that was a that would have been a good one i would have got a laugh terrible movie yeah. <laughs> that was a van damme movie oh yeah oh right so uh so let's see that is four shows and now most notably and this is what i really wanted to get into in this episode is the first official scare zone right yes so finally I, the word scare zone is used in Halloween Horror Nights. This and this, I mean, for me, this has become like uh, one of my favorite parts of Halloween Horror Nights at all. Yeah, it's that's just, why. Yeah, that's why I was looking forward to talking to, that, to you about that. In fact, I will probably do that last. We'll start off with the shows because once, once again, I, the least amount of information I have are the shows unfortunately in these early years and hoping to get more information as we do this show houses i got some stuff on but the scare zone i really want to talk about so i just want to mention that we finally have it to start off the show with before we start getting into the meat of everything cool so the robosaurus the robosaurus best i can tell once again is much like what we have seen the past two years it's a show that robosaurus is loose the Authorities come to stop him. The car that they have strategically placed in front of him somehow <laughs> gets picked up, bitten in half, and drops to the ground. So, again, the uh, same formula, but still, I mean, I've seen the video of it. I'm not even sure entirely what year I've seen it from. It looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, I always 
uh, like I said, I've always liked Robosaurus. He right. Was, he was just a cool thing. Yeah, and then when the sun goes down, it's a great night show with all the flames and the strategic lighting they can do. So, yeah, no reason for it to be any different. And then, of course, I'm sure we... <laughs> I also really recognize the area he's in when they do it. And there's not like he has a whole lot of room to move. They kind of set him up after I'm sure when they do the park turnover and then there's not a whole lot of room for him to move as him. I'm referring to him as a entity. There's not a whole room, <laughs> a lot of room for it to move. So they do what they can with it. And, and yeah, I'm, again, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just pointing out that it's a, it's a good show. It's, it's worth doing again. And it's a, a great addition to, to a Halloween themed anything. Yep. The price is fright. This is the biggest. One, my biggest question mark here. I have that it's a Beetlejuice-themed game show. I think I got that from the event guide. And that's all I got. I would love to know what that is because I am a... I wouldn't call myself a game show junkie, but I am a game show fan. I like a lot of the old, old, old cheesy game shows. I think Wink Martindale is the greatest name ever created. (laughs) And uh, I I wished I had seen what they did with this between Halloween Horror Nights and between using Beetlejuice, and I could not find anything on it. Yeah, it's uh, it would have been cool to see. I mean, Beetlejuice p- period is always a good thing. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then you know, seeing it with uh, some sort of game show thing going on, I, I can just imagine how cool that could be. I mean, Beetlejuice as a game show host would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a game show I'd love to be on. It had to be like, I, it didn't have to be, but I would imagine it was probably very loosely based after the opening of Price is Right, where you have several contestants up front, and then a little bit of a mix of Fear Factor in there. Yeah. I before, wonder if they, before Fear Factor was a thing, of course. Right. I wonder if they brought any like audience participation into this one. That's Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know if it was a show with plants. I mean, it, you could they've done this every park has done this you have these you, you, they show three people being brought up with their plants in the audience or were they right. three real people so i i found nothing i looked as well as i did for everything else and just did not find any video of it unfortunately and that's too bad the, yeah. the only thing i found is um them doing the beetlejuice makeup oh <laughs> okay yeah i probably had seen that actually so yep no no details on that, unfortunately, but that was my biggest question mark because, like I said, that's right up my alley of, of things I've I've enjoyed over the years. I wouldn't say I obsess over game shows, but I've always enjoyed watching game shows. A little, mm-hmm. little bit of, yeah, I know, a little bit. I Actually, if I had, if I had my dream job, I'd probably be a, some kind of game show host. I could see that. Yeah, wouldn't that? That'd be awesome. I'd be like a mixture. No, I mean, I, I can see you doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be terrible as a game show host. See but. Be uh, a mixture between um, oh, who's a good one right now? I don't even know. Uh, Tom Bergeron and Peter Vinkman, like yeah. I I just think I would I would have a hard time refraining from calling people stupid. That is the kind of I would want to be. That's why I want. I should actually make one for Neozaz and just. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> I had thought of that idea. I had thought of that idea. I just never came up with a concept for it. Hmm. So one day maybe. The Devil and His Showgirls. Now, as much as I wish I knew about Beetlejuice and his game show, this is the one we have. We've we've kind of had this discussion before, and I, I kind of like this bit. We always kind of pick. I think you had the idea of going back in a time machine and going back to each Halloween Horror Nights and picking one thing to see. Right. And I don't know. So the ho- there's a house coming up here that I would like to see too. But if I if we could pick a show and a house, I think this might be the show I go to. It'd be a real toss-up between the game, the Beetlejuice one and the Devil and the Showgirls because the description was awesome. The event guide description said, Join the lowest of the lounge lizards and his fiendish femme fatales at the singingest cabaret this side of purgatory. There's just so many good words in that sentence. Uh, yeah. Um, and, damn, a cabaret with the Devil and his Showgirls would be just fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, there's always, now there's a new, I, I, I think about, I should say, more recently, there's a new trend of houses. You got your IP houses, you got your original houses. In the original houses, there's always a blood house, and and it could be an IP or an original house, all depends on the theme. You always kind of have your, what we call, we've called it the hot house. Yeah, the, the hot house or the titty house. Yeah. One of the two. Well, it's 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 the guys and girls, because I go yeah. through these forums, and the women that see the guys in these houses, which of course we miss, 
There was guys? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And they, they talk <laughs> about the guys as, as much as we talk about the women. So I'm guessing this is like a, sounds like a precursor to what we call the hothouse. Probably. Which is probably one of the reasons why I would want to see it. Well, and I, I think it was also like 94, mid-90s is, is kind of when the whole, uh, well, how, how would you describe it, sexification of Halloween kind of started, right? Because when we were kids, the whole sexy Halloween thing wasn't really anything. True. That's a good point. <laughs> right. And so the whole, now it's like Halloween is just like one big sexy party, right? Uh, yes. One of the podcasters I, fo- I follow calls it, um, it's it's basically straight pride night. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? I didn't think of that. It's it's basically that's what Halloween is now. Everybody gets to dress up, be slutty, and have a good time. Do you know the comedian Jen Gaffigan? I do. He does a great bit about the the that trend in Halloween. He's like, I, I I'm gonna totally slaughter his, his his exact words, but he says something about the these costumes for grown grown women in Halloween, and he'll take on the voice of the woman. She goes, "I'm Snow White." He'll be like, "If you were a whore, if she was a whore." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I totally slaughtered that. Maybe I'll fit it in at the end here if I can find the actual clip, which I know I have the actual clip. I have the album, so yeah. Well, as you were telling me that story, I could think it was a Jim Gaffigan bit. Yep. Yeah, it's and it's you know it's kind of funny because the grown women's costumes these days have less material than the kids' costumes. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's a party city here. I don't know if you have those out there. You probably have party stores, if not that chain. Yeah, probably. And of course, when Halloween rolls around, half the store is dedicated to Halloween. I love going in there at Halloween. Love looking uh, for stuff. This past year, and it gets bigger every year, but this past year, they outdid themselves. It's like, there is, you have your aisles dedicated to the kids, the wigs, the costumes, the not quite the box Ben Cooper costumes, but things like that. They're actually hanging on racks now. But you go down this aisle, and it was like... You had your fun adult stuff. You had like your Where's Waldo. You had the uh, you could be a grown up minion. And th- but then we're talking two rows of that, and the rest is like every superhero, every occupation, every every uh, <laughs> fairy fairy tale story, everything you could think of as a complete skimpy, awesome <laughs> costume. <laughs> nice which all the models on the pictures of those are like way better than anything i've actually seen at a halloween party right yeah it's just getting bigger every every year and this was yeah i mean this again this all comes from this this whole conversation we've had for nearly 10 minutes now has all come from this one sentence so which is makes me think this was uh, a lot like that part of halloween today yeah pretty cool yep but moving on since i don't have anything other than that in my imagination which no, yeah, <laughs> my imagination is pretty good. Though. I know, <laughs> and I don't think too far off from our experience. I think we we are collectively experienced enough at Halloween Horror Nights that we probably have a pretty good idea in our head of what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I can't. The only thing that's missing is I don't know what music they would have used because I don't quite remember what big what the big hits were in 1994. Not that they actually use current music anyway. It's probably a rendition of what they use at the Beetlejuice show now, right? But anyway, moving on. Sorry. Enough of uh, middle-aged married men <laughs> nights. That's the new right. show. Yeah, uh, Bill and Ted meet Time Cop, and I had to look up where Time Cop fit into the whole Universal thing. And this was interesting. I I I, I don't claim to be have my finger on the pulse of Hollywood by any means. We actually have a friend who we rely on for those questions who will join us in later episodes. His name is Dave, just to put it out there. Yeah. But Time Cop was Time Cop. Wow, I just said that. <laughs> Time Cop. Time Cop was made by United International Pictures Films, which I didn't know what that was i guess i if i had ever seen that name i assumed it was its own company turns out it was a joint venture between paramount pictures and universal studios oh so i didn't realize i mean i i know i know full well studios work together especially on their their studios and backlots and whatnot and not everyone has everything at their disposal and i've seen that in hollywood itself on the different tours where different property films have done different uh uh what do you call it different uh filmed at different locations but i never considered and as as much sense as it makes never considered them working together and 
forming a temporary company to release a movie. And well, there we go. There's my there's there's that answer. So Time Cop was partially owned by Universal Studios. So easy enough to put him in this show. Yeah. So for the show itself, again, this is another lost one, but I have more than I had in 1993. So I got a little bit here, very little, but I can share it. So it revolved around their time machine phone booth again. So that's why Time Cop was added and the story is kind of plausible. It didn't necessarily revolve around Bill and Ted and their misadventures of using it. It just revolved around the actual phone booth itself. Okay. I can't imagine that would have been one of the better Bill and Ted's. It's yeah, I don't I don't I don't really see anyone saying it's good or bad. That's kind of just they say what it is. It is the first time, and and I do say first time they've shared the stage with headliners because they do do it again. There's a year where they share it with Jay and Silent Bob, and I think that might be my actual favorite one when we get to it. I don't remember the year. I'm going to say like 99 or 2000, but it's the first time they actually share a headline with someone else other than themselves or, well. Uh, there's a head there's a there's another name in the headline so i don't have the details again another lost year uh, i think there's another one or two lost years here till i actually start getting some real real detail again but mm. that is the long and short of really how time cop is this story is mostly about how time cop had anything to do with bill and dead right not a great story no but that's all i get to quote mm. another show yes so we can move on from there to houses. We're moving pretty quick, but again, with these early years, it's tough to get some information, but I have a little more here on the houses. And well, first off, I'll just I'll get the ones out of the way that we know a lot about already. Psychopath Maze. It was the return, the direct return of Psychopath Maze at the Bates Motel. We talked about that in right. the last episode. Sounds like it's largely the same, if not exactly the same. And in fact, with that part of the park not ever being used other than a facade, it would not surprise me to find out that they left most of the infrastructure up. They probably didn't leave the structure up because these temporary buildings are not made to last an entire year's worth of Florida weather between possible hurricanes. And we have those terrible thunderstorms every day during the summer. So they probably took down most of the actual structure, but I bet you like the base bases and the infrastructure would not were, were there. I mean, I don't think yeah. that's a stretch of the imagination. I could be wrong, but it seems likely to me. I would seem likely. Uh, return of the Dungeon of Terror, terror, sort of. It is actually the return of the name. And a lot of it sounds like some of the elements are there again. But the big thing I say why it's returned in name, because it's built an entirely in an entirely new area. It used to be built in the Jaws queue, which we've talked about in the first two years it was there because jaws was being revamped into what became the second version of jaws well now that jaws is up and running and running regularly and a staple of the park a huge staple of the park they're not closing down the queue for any construction it's one of the biggest rides and they have to as we know put these things up at least a month ahead of time at this point right so they're not going to wipe out the queue but they have another ride called Earthquake, which is kind of still there. It's now called Disaster. That has a huge queue line, which doesn't necessarily always get filled. So they're build it, or they built it, rather, in the Earthquake queue. So just by design, they can't do the same thing. And right. I say that because the Jaws queue is twisty and turny and has all these angles and whatnot, whereas the Disaster queue is a back and forth from beginning to end. So they just don't have the same, they, they can't do the same thing. They can't do yeah, the same structure. Yep. And different, for, different layout, different, yep. uh, yeah. Less room, less room. This house is just logistically going to be uh, shorter than the other one because of the space they have. So they probably cut out some of the, some of the elements uh, from the reports. It's, it's, they have the dungeon, mostly the, leave the dungeon things like the uh, bloodied walls, the people behind uh, the different, gates and the, mm -hmm. the cells and whatnot doesn't sound like they have that live hanging anymore i saw zero reports of that i think that would be something that someone would mention yeah. doesn't sound like they took that out rat lady does not seem to be inside the house certainly not under the floors i mean this is a concrete slab not that yeah. jaws wasn't but jaws had 
they were under construction, so they're able to do things like that. So it do, I don't, I know they don't have her under the floor. I don't know if they have her in the house or not. Doesn't sound like she is. She might be a street show or or not. She she could be, and I'm not entirely sure. But a different different house. But I think they pulled like they made it a best of kind of sounds like the best of the dungeon and terror in the past in this new area. Right. <clears throat> so, do you have any information on the rat lady for this year? Not that I see. Hmm. Okay. No, nothing specific. I can kind of become a staple for the show, and well, she, that's yeah. I, I can tell you straight out, she is in it every year until 2014. So she's there. So no one has. I I shouldn't say that. I have not found exactly where she is. So I'm going to guess she might be out on the street again because last year and in, in episodes here 1993 they put her out on the street. So okay. I'm going to guess she's still back out on the street there and she's probably the, will be for a while. The way you said that, you sound like a pimp. Yeah, they put her out on the street. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, people don't really aren't, and I, I probably wouldn't even note it, even if they were talking about it. I, I probably wouldn't note that anything about her until it was something significantly different. So I think she is a street performance for quite a while now. Cool. Uh, next house up, Hell's Kitchen. This was in the new place we talked about last year where they set up, I think it was a slaughterhouse in the Nazerman's area again, which I went to go visit. I, 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 I Now that we're doing the show and memories are coming back and there's like a nostalgia factor, I was there with some friends this weekend and we're kind of trolling around the, we had uh, express passes for the park, which I had never done before, which is just as beneficial as Halloween Horror Nights, by the way. Cool. As you can imagine. Yeah. So we had some time and we got to, I saw the Nazerman's facade and I walked behind it and kind of walked a little alleyway there where I can, you can kind of in my head picture where some of these things we're talking about once were because they don't use it anymore. Yep. So that was, that was like a neat little thing to do for a Halloween Horror Nights fan. My friends were there going, what the hell are you looking at? There's nothing back here. Like, <laughs> Trust me. It's cool. Yeah, but anyway, in this in this in the Nazerman's area, Nazerman's house area, it was Hell's Kitchen, and this was a themed as a demonic butcher shop. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's like a it's almost a revamping, or maybe a uh, taking the idea of the slaughterhouse to the next level. So the same right. thing. Anyone that came in, the the story was anyone that came in was butchered. And they had some people being butchered alive, like we still see, which is one of the best things they do. Oh yeah! And uh, but instead of it being just these crazy people with the uh, the butcher smocks, they were they added makeup to the characters, which is just that's that's a a great next step. Mm-hmm. So this is their blood house for sure this year. Oh yeah! Uh, again, same re- same similar reports as last year. Although the uh, now instead of it being a bloodied butchered shop, you kind of have a more of a Dark, gothic, little bit of stone here and there. Definitely dark. Dark being the key here. Darker look to it. The demons were still <laughs> smock laid in from it sounded like, but covered in blood. But now you had just just this extra creep factor to it. People being cool. butchered alive. People being disemboweled. You get hit with water now and again if you're at the right place at the right time. Right. I love those houses. Those are one of my favorites. And I'm. I, not, I agree. I'm they not, do them. I'm not a gore movie guy. I'll watch them, but it's like I don't uh, try to watch everyone, regardless of what they are. Like even the asylums rate the video ones, but the houses I will go out of my way to make sure I see every year. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not opposed to gore, uh, but it's not. You know, it's not something I actively go see in movies. But I will actively go see it for the Halloween horror house. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's something about seeing it live gore performance as opposed to a gory movie right that's a different experience altogether i i I think i actually have a a better appreciation for it than i do for movies just because it's like you know this is a lot of a lot of uh special effect and acting that they have to do to make it even close to believable right yeah they do a really good job and have to do it and, and for this particular year sometimes longer than other years they have to do it for six hours straight Yep. And being as convincing for the last person who walked out of the house as the first person who walked in the house. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a huge undertaking. They pull it off. Uh-huh. Uh, fourth house. 
is called the Boneyard. Now, this is set up in this. They actually took the name of the area of the park. It was set up in the Universal Studios Boneyard. That no longer exists. But when it did, it was just a big flat area concreted over where they had a bunch of props from movies, usually vehicles because they had the room for it. Uh, I can't. I wish I could give you an example, but there'd be like just whatever oh. like a tank from forrest gump or some shit like that you know what i'm saying yeah 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 and i i'm looking at the map park map now and i i see where that is and i know exactly where that is yeah, yeah. that's where the now it's a this the main stage yep uh, and the big nice courtyard where you can sit and stand and apparently watch olivia newton john as i found out earlier this year <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's another show and uh this was most notably what I liked about this, just walking down memory lane, recent memory lane. This was the in front of the soundstage where the Walking Dead house was, and the queue line was built up in front of here, and they were using that stage to project Walking Dead trivia to keep the people that were waiting far yep. too long in line oh. entertained as best as they could. Yep. As we walked by and said, uh, Express fast suckers. <laughs> I I showed that to my my friend when we were when we did express pass and we got on whatever what did we get on something that's new uh oh Gringotts that's a perfect example we got on Gringotts express pass and we walked by probably a thousand people I oh, said yeah. I said look at that line picture it twenty times bigger and that's what a Halloween Horror Nights express walking in line with a Halloween Horror Nights express pass is like yeah and he's like really I'm like yeah really. Yeah, those lines are long. Yep. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it, for me, the only way that you can actually do it as a single night event is Express Pass. Yeah. Yeah. And even so, I mean, I've, I'm starting to read horror tales of people that go towards the end. And we pushed it as close as we did last year, going towards mm-hmm. the end of October. And some people are having trouble getting through everything and Express Pass it, towards Halloween the end of halloween towards the halloween weekend so even the even that is getting a little tough but uh, we also open the gate basically so i think if you start if you get an express pass be there when the gates open and you should be good yeah don't dilly dolly around stop and get a drink stop and get something to eat. enjoy yourself but don't don't waste time don't walk around the park deciding what you're going to do when you get to a house get in line if you're not hungry yeah. you don't have to go to the bathroom don't need a beer and get in line and, and you know and even if you're if you're at all smart about it you'll pick up a uh one of the pass or sorry one of the the brochures and just kind of like okay if we do it this way it's the least amount of walking we can hit this hit this hit this hit this and you know we'll be able to do the bill and ted show at this time and yada yada yada. if if you plan it out and i mean i'm not saying you have to plan it out really specifically just kind of get an idea of what you want to do and when you want to hit stuff you'll make it yep Yep, and if they do what they seem to tend to do now, and and kind of stagger, it's almost it's not quite. It's almost every other original IP, almost every other. Sometimes it'll be two and two. So if you pick a starting point and kind of, if you want to say one for last, just pick the one that's next to that and do a circle, and you'll get a nice spread of alternating mm-hmm. between the two. That's what kind of what we did last year. That's exactly what we did last year. So we could end Aliens versus Predator. Yep, and we actually got out like two hours early, didn't we? Yeah, we we did good last year. Yeah, so yeah. and it wasn't like we were uh, rushing around. We were just you know we stop and get a drink and keep going and stop and get a drink and keep going. Yeah, the only thing we didn't do was the Rocky Horror Show, which we've mentioned before, but we certainly could yeah. have. So yeah, I mean that's kind of proof you can do it if you if you get there right when they open, and then yeah, don't don't waste your time, but you also don't have to run. So that's good advice. For otherwise, yeah, we got some. We got a light show here. It was good that we took time to explain that for anyone listening for the first time, planning mm-hmm. to go for the first time. Yeah. So, okay, last house uh, we're still talking about. I realized I didn't ex- explain what it was. So this was the uh, this was Halloween Horror Nights first delve into and something that's become a tradition and another house I really enjoy. In fact, this usually might be my second in their original ideas is their psychological terror house. Mm. Where it's not necessarily bloody, but they're using a lot of lighting and 
uh, surprise scares and corners and those rock rattle. You know, uh, they, they've kind of phased them out, oddly enough. But the, you remember, I know they used them in 21, where they'd have like a little tin can with rocks in it, and this hand would kind of come out of nowhere and shake it as you're yeah. walking through and scare the hell out of you. Yeah. This was their first shot at let's not go for blood. Let's not use an IP, but let's see if we can fuck with some people's heads here. Yep. And that's what it was. So they set up a story for you to walk into this house and get you ready for it. And it was that this was the Boneyard. They actually kind of twisted the name into something that already existed in the park fairly well. They could have probably done a little bit more creativity on it. But I see where they're going with this. The story is that it's a recently evacuated insane asylum. Who okay. And what remains is like the worst of the worst. It's like the, the incurable were left behind. Some that were so crazy and could not function outside of the house made their way back and now have free reign. So it's like the worst of the worst leftover in this dilapidated building, this boneyard of a building with these horribly demented people that would scream and yell and jump out at you. Some of them were in tattered <laughs> straight jackets. Some were, there's, there's a, uh, from the description I saw, you kind of walked into the, uh, uh, like the room with the with the beds where they'd be tied down to, and the lights weren't working. It was a strobe effect, and when you weren't ready for it, one would jump off the bed or one would jump off a corner that you didn't see because you were staring at the beds. It sounded like one of their <laughs> classic psychological houses that they still use today, and uh-huh. I think is a real nice palette for them to exercise some creativity outside of the blood and gore. Absolutely. Yeah. This, uh, this one sounded cool too, but I will say it going back to this kind of new little bit that you, <laughs> you prompted in the last couple of episodes. I think, uh, I'd have to say hell's kitchen would be the one I'd go back in time to. Oh, interesting. That's, Ooh. I'm, I I actually think I'd go with Boneyard. You think so? It's a tough one for me. Um, I, the, I think the reason I'd like to go with Boneyard is just that whole insane asylum yeah. thing. To me, is just a way more creepy vibe than a butcher shop. This is interesting. This this is why I have a tough choice between the two because both of these are precursors of something to some IPs that ha- they have done. And I, I have a real feeling they're going to continue to do this year. Hell's Kitchen and even the butcher, the was it the butcher shot? The one before it seems like it's building into saws and steam, which is one of my favorite original yeah. stories they do. But conversely, the boneyard sounds like it's a start of psychoscarapy, which is something they've also an original story they've also done. So it's tough for me to pick, although I think saws and steam I like more. So that's why I'm picking hell's kitchen. So I would agree that the current evolution of it. I like saws and steam more, but just based on the descriptions that we have here, I'm I'm gonna go with um, Boneyard. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's good. We could both, if we ever get that time machine going, we can share yeah, our we, experience with each other. Right. Well, you know, I was just <laughs> thinking that you get to pick one, I get to pick yeah, one. Yeah, our time, and we're all good, right? I will meet you for a beer at the Devil and his Showgirls. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I think I think we have an agreement on which show we go <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. So that's it for the four houses. Another cool set of houses for sure. I mean, they just keep getting better every year, and it's going to become a longer and longer conversation each episode we do. There's just no way around that. That's yep. just the way it's going to go. But I wanted to get into the scare zone because this is something you have. I mean, I love scare zones. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But uh, you, this is your thing. I think this is my favorite yeah, part of Halloween yeah, Horror Nights. My thing is the usually the uh, the original houses. Yours is certainly the scare zones and this, and now we finally have the first one and we do have a question from Facebook. We have a a listener named John Duncan, who's been listening to the show. He's very new to Halloween Horror Nights. He's learning along with our show and he has requested us to explain what the scare zone is and fair enough because we've been saying the word, assuming everyone knows what we're talking about. So I think we just take a couple of minutes to fill that request from John and explain a little better what a scare zone is this episode. Sure. I think, um, so the scare zone, if you've ever been to, uh, sorry, if you've ever been to the Orlando, um, uh, theme park, the universal studios, um, the part of the 
part of the studio that this happens in is the um oh what's it called this one is which park this is actual now universal studios now it's gone through a ton of names but they now call it universal studios orlando actually specifically i got it okay and then the other park is islands of adventure yes thank you so this is the actual universal studios part now and it has it's kind of a a weird mishmash of stuff um if you if you go through it really fast it's kind of weird they've got like 50s diners they've got this new york street set up and it's really it looks like you're walking through movie sets um different types of movie sets they've also got you know this big water uh puddle of water in the middle of it um <laughs> it's basically it's a i think they call it the lagoon but you're right it's just a it's it's yeah it is a, it's that's a great description of it i mean i d- well it's a it's a backdrop for the jaws yeah. stuff and it's a backdrop for the san francisco stuff so like they've got all these little city things and all these cool things and what a scare zone does is it takes one of these places or pieces or a corner of the park and they basically haul out props they set up everything and anything so that for example, last year, uh, well, yeah, I can spoil the last year. One of the ones last year. Yeah. Um, they used the purge. And so they had a semi truck with spray paint on it. They had some guy with a megaphone yelling at you. They've got, which we're going to talk about in this episode, they've got actors and characters coming through and just trying to scare you. Um, and that's like a very in your face scare zone. Some of the scare zones are mazes where they have smoke coming through and it'll be much more subtle where you'll be going through and all of a sudden somebody will jump out in front of you or you know something like that uh just they have these themed areas and a lot of smoke and a lot of just creepy characters going through so it's that's kind of what a scare zone is it's really hard to describe more than that without giving away stuff yeah it's uh the only thing i could really add to that is it's kind of a un an open air haunted house. It's a haunted house without the house. Yeah. And the, the thing that I really enjoy about the scare zones. And I think the reason that I like them so much is that you're not safe anywhere (laughs) in the park, except for those few little places where you're buying drinks and they're doing food and whatever. You're pretty, pretty safe there that the characters won't interact with you in those areas and stuff like that. So you have safe zones, but other than that, it's a free-for-all. You're not safe. They're going to come at you from wherever. And so it just keeps the blood going between the haunted houses, and it just keeps you in that mood and in the spirit of the whole Halloween stuff. I think that's really why I like it so much. Yeah, it's that's a, can't really add anything to that. It is It, it certainly enhances the whole experience 100%. Absolutely. Sure. So this is the first of those. Now... If you've listened to the other episodes, which presumably you have because it's it's a sequential thing, they had things in the street that kept the atmosphere going. Oops, yeah. But this was the first one where they just took a street and made it the open air haunted house. It's like, here, here you go. Here's some more to do everything Quint just said and to add to it. And it was in Hollywood Boulevard area of the park which I'm trying yep. frantically to find a p- picture of so I know exactly what area I'm talking about. It's the um it's one of the streets that's um between would have been between Rubosaurus and Ca- and San Francisco. Uh, okay, area. you got the map up there? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It is uh, I can picture the Beverly Hills sign. So it's uh yes. okay, yeah. So it's in the in the Hollywood Boulevard area and they called it Horrorwood. Which okay, I mean the street zones Unless they're IP based, their name. Well, eh, you know what? I'm gonna take that back before I finish my sentence because the the Buddha one last year was appropriately named and themed. Yeah. So actually, I take it back. So this one, it was given a general name. It was based on location. This is one as they do a lot with when they add something new, they throw everything at it and see what sticks. And this one, it. This is the intro. I think this is the introduction of the chainsaw drill team. Yes, right? I was going to say that this is the official start of the chainsaw drill team. They are and there. The chainsaw drill team is a, is now a staple. Yep, and they are fantastic. They've had chainsaws from the beginning, but they did not have them structured 
or given a name like, oh, I shouldn't say structured. They haven't given a name like this. They haven't become their own entity. This is like, it's a fourth year chainsaw drill team. They actually do at this point. I don't know if they did it in 1994, but at this point talking 2014, which is the most recent one, they, when they start the night, they come out as a drill team. They have a very short show. They have a March. They spin kind of like they do on the, the color guard for the different, uh, military branches and then they light up the saws and just go nuts from there <laughs> i mean they have their own show now and it is something like people are it's almost like it's almost dead man boots to get in i mean it's someone not necessarily has to die they just have to not want to do it anymore if you want to get in on this right it's a tight-knit group of people and uh my wife has had the i say the pleasure of working with them she uses a different word every now and again <laughs> no but she does she, yeah she she loves the work she does so it's not it's not a bad thing uh they also had the lizzie borden band right and they also had uh let's see monks in the hood which is <laughs> i'm not sure what that is but that was in the description hey, okay so i guess some kind of uh monks terrorizing even more characters and whatnot and then other this is also where they put all the other characters that the makeup that the art and design team the makeup crew wanted to do but didn't fit in a house it seemed like they just this was their opportunity to exercise their creativity and put it out there and they probably yep. had some wicked looking shit it probably looked awesome now the other thing that i saw described was the axe core axe core you know, no i don't know what that you is know anything about that no huh Okay. I mean, I would assume it's something like the chainsaw drill. Probably. Team, yeah. Yep. Dudes with axes instead. But yeah. Yep. Uh, according to their, there was a, a fantastic site that they made that when their websites were at the top of their game, I'm not saying they're not now, they're just different now. Uh, they, they, when the flash was big, they jumped on it and made some awesome sites. They made a site. I think it was in for 16 which was 2006. I might have that year wrong. They had a like an archive section of the site where you could pull out this virtual drawer and read little bits and facts about each year. And this year, their little bit in fact was that the uh, art and design team came up with the th- idea of scare zone to make a themed area that was decorated as pay- attention paid as well to this area as any other house and characters as they would in every other house, but you didn't have to wait in line. So, Yep. much like what we use to describe it ourselves. Yep. But it was obviously a phenomenal success. It's yeah. something that I I look forward to as much as the houses. I think I'm safe to saying, Quint, you in some cases look more forward to some of the scare zones yep. than the houses. And in fact, my note for one that was awesome was the one you used as an example, the purge. The purge last year was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Really, really well done. Uh, one year, we'll get into more detail about this. They used a single. They scare zones will grow from here. I think we'll have like one for a little bit, but there will be two, three, four, as many as you can. In fact, there's one year where there's zero safe zone except for when you walk into the gate and walk up to the first area of the park. Uh, Damn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the I think one of the most elaborate ones, and this is I, this is you have to be, and I was so fortunately for me. People seem to love or hate this, and the people that love it are the people a fan of the IP. The people that hate it are not. They had a single-themed scare zone throughout the entire park, and it was Walking Dead. You remember. You were at that. Yes, I was. I loved it. And and the unfortunate part of that experience for me was that I got almost none of it Mm. because I didn't watch Walking Dead at the time. And that would be a tough thing to do. I I remember specifically... One thing I looked at and was awesome, and you're just like, nah. And I won't say what because we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to that. And and but I remember the stuff now, and I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> right. It's just so. Oh, I should have watched that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a big fan of of Walking Dead, right? And, and I've watched all of it, and I've caught up on everything, and it's just like, oh, that would have been so much fun to. <laughs> oh, so that is most of my notes for Halloween itself. We get into some other facts. Uh, first thing I noted that was an event in there, but I didn't talk much about it because it kind of fell flat last time we talked about it. There was a rock and roll inferno again. There was a main stage. They did have bands perform, but again, pa- bands that I just did not know. So I didn't want to spend the episode trying to figure out how they were. So I'm just noting that there was a stage concert show, much like 
1993. Did have an opportunity to see it. If you saw it, if there was a band you wanted to see, that was great. I did see Jerry Lee Lewis's name listed on this. So there is one I knew, but out of the five acts listed, that's the only one I recognized. Yeah. Um, they did say something about someone from, they were, they were capitalizing on Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, yeah. That is, uh, do I have that? I do. That's in my other notes here. Yeah. That is more a, marketing. Yep. Yeah. It was, a, it was another musical appearance. I think it was, uh, Jamie Walters and Stacy something or other. <sighs> can't can't read it. Um. Yeah, uh, I see what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, as far as I'll go, I'll go into that right now. As far as the Fox tie-in, uh, the nine hundred two one. Oh, I should say tie-in. It was a huge Fox tie-in. They partnered up with Fox. <laughs> oh, okay. And they sponsored Fox's Halloween week. They had a week worth of Halloween themed t shirt uh, TV shows. Simpsons, of course. They did the yeah. Scarathon of the Simpsons. They've got it. Nineteen ninety four. They probably had like three or four treehouse of horrors already uh yep. there was a a marathon of uh, uh i'm sorry that was the marathon the treehouse of horrors there was what else was on i guess i didn't know it i couldn't find it. married with children was one i remember for sure in the commercial <laughs> i saw and in between each of these things like their halloween block like i guess it was probably like i'm gonna guess an hour to two hours a night depending on what night it was they had clips of halloween horror nights between episodes and they had uh these 90210 people and other people from Fox shows experiencing it, it and and using their reaction as a clip. So very interesting tie-in with Fox. I mean, Universal does not have a they produce now they do. All right. At the time, Universal had, had no TV presence. They partnered with a lot, they did a lot of TV shows, but they didn't have their own TV presence. Now NBC and Universal are that is the same company. So it probably yeah. if they were to do that, in fact, they do do stuff on NBC specifically. Yes. American Ninja comes to mind. I just watched it the other night. At Universal, oh, right, and they they also the um uh, the makeup show, Face Off. Yep, yeah. Well, yes. well Sci Fi is an NBC owned station as well. Yep, yeah, or channel, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, Chainsaw Drill Team is indeed called the Chainsaw Drill Team for the first time this year. Even though they have had a presence in one way or another, they're officially called Chainsaw Drill Team, and it's printed throughout all their information they're advertising and whatnot the name actually appears officially so this was the start of something that lasts to this day and we definitely go out of our way to spend time watching we like to see first i should i i I speak for myself but i I, you can agree or disagree i like to see what their theme is first like last year they were in the purge mask and then i kind of like just to stand back a little bit with a beer and watch all the people that have no idea they're coming at them absolutely <laughs> okay and the other the other part is to watch i mean the the chainsaw drill team they are so good at targeting people that they know are going to keep running and keep going and they'll pen them in and you know they'll chase them into each other's little group areas and it's just like especially the girls will be screaming running away from one looking over their shoulder and then turn around and there's another one right in front of them just cranking their saw again and they'll uh, they play off each other so well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is, the, that is if uh, Christy is often my wife, if I haven't said her name before, I don't think I've said it before on this show, uh, has has really encouraged me to get involved with this one way or another. She 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 thinks character wise, she thinks I should jump in and be a character. If I were, it has to be in the Chainsaw Drill team, and that's a hard one to get into. I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of other stuff I, they do that, that's fun, too. I, if I were to get involved, then again, just a sidetrack, it's a short episode, I would be a damn RIP tour guide. Are you kidding me? To go several nights into every house and and kind of spew out the stuff we do on the show as we're walking well, yeah. to people? That would be that would be awesome. Hell yeah. I don't even know if you'd have to pay me. <laughs> hey, don't say that. I know, moment. right. Oh, geez. Okay, I got to edit that out. <laughs> I know a couple of people that would listen to that would hold that to me. Okay, yeah, that's I'm taking that out. <laughs> The, the the was it the views and expressions or the view the, 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 oh what is it I can't think of it the, the views expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect the views by Matt himself how's that the views reflected on the show do not necessarily reflect reality yeah, in any way go. shape or form their uh, their um product and that's oh go ahead oh go ahead their product partner this year which has been Pepsi in the past is now Doritos for your discount tickets. Uh-huh. which I have no problem buying Doritos. I have no problem buying Pepsi. Well, no, I do. I like Coke, but uh, I'll buy Doritos all day long. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, uh, to close up a little bit of the scare zone stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yep. w- one of the things that I that you were, we were talking about is, like, we like people watching in the scare zone. Oh, yeah. And 
it's not even people watching all the time last year especially we were walking through a scare zone and it's just like randomly this girl comes up grabs onto me and she's like yeah we're with you where where are you guys going where we're going where's the next house because and they're looking around and you can see that they're running from one character or another right and it's always just so much fun to to see all that yep. kind of stuff i i've had more strangers grab onto me in a house and scares them than anywhere else and it's perfectly acceptable it's like anyone else yeah. rub up against me anywhere else in anywhere i go like my, right. my fist goes up in the air i'm in a house and some girl screams and grabs onto me and i can actually feel the features of her face in my back because she's trying to <laughs> trying to not be able to see anything that's okay that's all right we're, yeah. we're good we'll get through this it's cool yeah it's like uh, you get into that environment and all of a sudden your idea of personal space completely changes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. It's no big deal. You know, some random person grabbing onto your arm and holding on and like, uh, it's like, all right, yep. you'll be okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just totally changes. It's fun. Yep. Oh yeah. Now you asked about numbers last episode. Now, while I don't have numbers, I do have the fact that the nights were sold out in 1992 and 1993. And because okay. of that, that's why they've expanded to eight nights this year, almost doubling what they did those prior two years to obviously sell more tickets. I mean, right. that's what they do, and they, I can't blame them for that. Uh, rides and attractions open. This this list just gets fun every freaking episode. Uh, I think most of the same what we saw before. Confrontation. Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review, which is, that's that's kind of fun that that's there now so that is almost like it could be part of halloween horror nights but since it's a daytime venue it gets listed under rides and attractions so that's one of those yeah. things that kind of hovers or exists in both worlds for me yep. jaws of course we mentioned back to the future and et which i went on et for the first time in at least six years this weekend and it's as terrifying as anything halloween horror nights has ever done <laughs> i i I'm sensing facetiousness. Oh, I hate E.T. so much. Oh, God. Uh, to wrap up the show, got a couple little notes here. One thing I wanted to mention, I was listening back to the other episodes twice we had mentioned, and even in this episode mentioned, the horror, the uh, Rocky Horror Show, and we said we were going to go see it this year. I do want to say, I want to point out that I should say we will go to Rocky Horror if it's at Halloween Horror Nights 25. We don't know that. We don't have any more information anybody else has on this show. And if mm-hmm. we did and we weren't supposed to share it, which I don't even know how we would get it, we wouldn't because if we weren't, right. if we're not supposed to, we're not going to. So I want to make that clear. We don't know Rocky Horror is going to be there. We are just saying if it's there, we're going to go make sure we see it this year. That's all I'm saying. I want to make that clear for anyone that we may have <laughs> given false hopes to that Rocky Horror is indeed back. We don't know. When we do know... We will talk about it. No problem. Uh, One other really, really cool fact that happened since our last recording. This is Universal Studios Florida's 25th anniversary this year. And they posted a 25th anniversary timeline at moments.universalorlando.com. And for every year, they have a, a, a picture of like their most major event and a little blurb about that event. And it goes from 1990 to 2015. When you hit 1991, there's a picture of the very first Halloween Horror Nights, and the blurb says Halloween Horror Nights debuts. Cool. Even though it's Fright Nights, but we won't get into that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We've had this discussion. We just said it's the Voldorama Mort about whatever the hell the name is of of the names. The moldy cheese? Yeah, there you go. That's it. And last but not least, I just shared this with you yesterday. Cannot wait to get my hands on it. I've always made the joke. Halloween Horror Nights is the happiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. And it's almost like I've been listened to by somebody because Universal Studios just released a picture of a Halloween Horror Nights 25 Christmas ball ornament that will be for sale very soon. Yes. And I will be getting one. I'll be getting quite a few, actually. <laughs> Your entire tree will be nothing yeah, but. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, maybe the Star Wars one. Yeah, too. that's true. Yes. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. one to choose between. So. That is all I've got now. That is finally it for 1994. Um, did you get any information on when they started to uh, um, push the advertising and stuff? No, no. I don't okay. even really know that I have that until the years that I've experienced. So 
I, it has uh, to be earlier than the day before the event, like the first one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we covered a little bit on the other episodes. That's why I was just wondering if, if there was any information about that this time. Nope. Not that I saw or not that I noted, meaning it's a, either I didn't have it or it's no different than the last time we talked about it, which is could cool. could be a little, little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Awesome. So that leads into our quest creative question of the episode. Ah, yes. Which I have to look up what that is for number four. Okay, this year's question. This is inspired by the Bill and Ted twist this year. Bill and Ted meet Time Cop. And the question is, what would you add as a third headliner to Bill and Ted? Oh. I can go first because mine yeah. is terrible, but it's the best I can think of. This is one of those questions that was better in, on paper than when I started to think about it. This was really hard because I don't want anyone to share it with Bill and Ted. So I yeah. I actually had to cheat and go with what inspired Bill and Ted in the first place, and that's Bill and Ted's bogus journey. If I had to add a third character, it would have to be Death from that movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the only person I could add. So uh, I know, bad question. Now, not, not all are going to be winners, I'm afraid, and this is one of them. So if I had to add someone, it would be anyone that could do their best Bill Sadler death impression for Bill and Ted. Okay. Um, I'd go with the do for you, but I can't use that. <laughs> of course, because it's <laughs> Mad Max Ray Road. Exactly. Um, wow. You know what, though? Now you mention that, if you're going to see a Mad Max Ray Road anything this year, my money's on Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. And it may be the do for you. <laughs> <laughs> it might very well be. Um, but um, like I said, I can't really use that. So um, it's really hard for me to see anybody playing well off of off of these guys at all. Um, I could go but really twisted, and especially since, you know, we could go previously. How about a, a live Mitch Hedberg? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it would go into... A really twisted sort of because Bill and Ted are this bubbly fourth, and he's just this like really dry, wry sort of sense of humor that would be a great sounding board for those two guys. Well, you know, I'm never going to disagree with that because I might be one of the biggest Mitch Hedberg fans that ever lived. True. And I think my Mitch Hedberg impression is pretty good, but I'm not going to embarrass myself by doing it here. So that would be maybe <laughs> that would be this character role, or not the character role, but the Halloween Horror Night role I could play my wife has always talked about. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'll go with Mitch. Okay. I will always take Mitch. I will take Mitch and Max. I almost said Max Headroom. <laughs> Mad Max as an answer. Holy shit. How the hell did I get those two confused? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, that's when it's time to stop the episode. So I'll say on that note, thanks to everyone listening. We'll be back with 1995. And if you have anything that, that we missed that you know about, do not hesitate to let us know. These early years are light, and I would love to know more than I'd love to learn any more I could about it. So, contact information is following this right now. So, I'm going to say one more time thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.